cats and kittens. Welcome it's, back. It's been a while. It's been a week. It has been a week. It has. We've had some uh, Father's Day extravaganzas this weekend, but uh, pretty low-key for me. What about you? Um, It was a very busy few days for me. We have been revamping the gym a little bit. Um, I saw the pictures. It looks good. Thank you. So we have repainted the whole facility, which meant moving stuff around and while we were there we deep cleaned everything so it's been a, a busy few days and then you know you throw in father's day as well so yeah. it was the new gym looks good though the blue the blue looks uh uh i think it's a nice little accent mark thanks for, for the performance center yeah that's what you're going for i can't remember what it reminds me of because there, i feel like i've seen something like that um, not all you're not painting it all the way high right I don't remember where I've seen it before but I feel like that's something that where the mirrors are and everything that that's normal yeah whose decision was it to paint it mine <laughs> <laughs> mine and Tom it was team effort but I I got to choose the colors who got to paint I helped paint okay yeah it was me Tom Jeff um, Jeff did a lot of the he sprayed all the aluminum flashing um sprayed all the aluminum like all that the aluminum that goes around the facility that's like the same height as the blue one. Oh right 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 okay um dom helped amanda um uh, lou who's lou she is our communications manager so she, and she also coaches at softball oh maybe that's why i've never yeah i don't think you've ever met lou but you would like her she's say, great i don't think i've ever met lou yeah she's awesome all right. So last week, uh, I got a lot of personal responses um, to our topic that we were talking about, and uh, the reception was really good. I think uh, so, yeah. I think everyone uh, definitely was super into it. Um, I think also, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't listen to a lot of other podcasts, really, so I'm a little, I wouldn't say too busy for it, but I, I don't really take the time and really listen to a ton of other ones that don't pique my interest, but I haven't heard too many uh, gyms talk about mental health yeah, uh, at all, uh, and especially, you know, in, in strength sports, right? Like, I think it's a little bit more prevalent in maybe um, talking about ball sports, right? Like, if you're talking about um, sports psychology and things of that nature. Yeah, I know at Damon we do quite a bit of work um on the mental health side yeah. our athletic training staff does a, a questionnaire every year and they they definitely tackle that that piece of it but you're right and they can in strength sports it's not as no and i don't even want to say taboo you know because i don't think i don't think there should be a negative connotation right mm -hmm. to to uh talking about mental health depression anxiety um coping I don't. I don't think there should be a negative connotation to that. So right. I wouldn't want to label it as a you know a negative or a taboo thing. But it's definitely just not talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, I think now it's changing, and we we've spoke about this in previous episodes for a lot of things. I mean, you know, the, the fitness industry I think is ever evolving, and um, you're getting a lot more people that have an open mind to things speaking out a little bit more. I mean, mm -hmm. you're seeing it a lot more now, obviously, with uh, what's going on in our, in our country, let alone the world. Right. Um, but I also think you're getting a lot more people to change the habits of how things used to be. Yes. Right? Um, for one, you know, it, it's pretty much get up pussy. Like, that, that's pretty much the mentality that I think most of the strength, strength sports used to have... I, I can't give an idea of when, but pretty much when West Side and earlier kind of dominated the world. Absolutely. Um, I feel like that was, you know, you're being a pussy or you're being, uh, why aren't you fucking trying or fight through the pain yep. or. Suck it um, up. Yeah, suck it up is a good one. Yeah, all that kind of stuff I think is um, probably the reason why. Uh, a lot of people want to see the change in, in these fields as well. Absolutely. Know? And especially if you think about any sort of system, right? You think about the strength sports system or you think about just even our, our country system, right? Like the systems need to change if they're not functioning well. And I think as though this is hopefully a good start to 
broadening horizons about a lot of things, um, being more inclusive in all facets of um, of each industry. You know, yes. whether it's strongman, weightlifting, powerlifting. Um, I definitely think talking about mental health is a good step in the right direction. Agreed. I think we're slowly becoming, uh, as a whole, everyone is becoming more um, okay with you know the LGBTQ population being involved in most of the sports. You have some really, really, really great spokespeople mm-hmm. um, and advocates for that. I think Janae is her name now. Janae, Janae Kroc. Kroc. Mm-hmm. Janae Kroc is a big Janae one. They Kroc have Lassie. a de- documentary. Rob Kearney is another one. He just broke his world record. Yeah, he just broke his world record. I wouldn't say easy. I mean, I'm not going to go down that route. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely didn't look like... Uh, it looked like there was a lot more in the tank. Yeah. Um, and, and you're seeing just a lot of people even talking about the Black Lives Matter movement out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and changing opinions, uh, I think. Or people voicing their opinions a little bit more. Using their platform yep. for that. And what's ironic is, you know, not to touch on it too much, but it's so ironic that everyone crucified Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And then now all of a sudden what he did was okay. Yeah. You ruined that man's career. Um, ruined it. I mean, now he's making more money, but that's not the point. You ruined his athletic career. Right. And sure, he can make a comeback. What is he, 32 now? Like he's, You're talking... Yeah. Four years ago, but in his prime, so, like, at 28, I might get the dates wrong, so please, if you're listening to the podcast, please fact check me, but I thought I heard he was 32 or 30, so I might be wrong on the 26 and 30 or 28 and 32. Um, I might be wrong completely, but I don't think so. Um, but yeah, you ruined his career. For what? what? What the fuck did you ruin it for? Nothing. That's That's pretty much the plain and simple answer. He literally did something that should have been done years ago. And now, all of a sudden, in 2020, when something else happens, you go back and you try to you know, make up for something that you did. Was I right? You are right. He's 32. He's 32? Okay. I thought I, I, thought I read that somewhere, but I could have been wrong. Um, but anyways, back to the main topic of mental health. Um, I think this is... Today's, today's episode is, is more about, I think, an umbrella topic, but we can kind of dive into it more on personal experience um, and just in, in athletic experience as well. Because, you know, I know mostly everyone that listens to this are either clients or people in the industry, um, primarily, I wouldn't say our only demographic, but primarily people that are in the, um, the, the gym realm or fitness industry realm. Mm-hmm. But coping with loss is uh is a big one um you know i think i'm very much inspired also uh largely to um for this episode and this topic uh my cousin yesterday so my, my cousin put up a really long post and he's not he's not an emotional guy like he's not he's one of those you know laugh it off with humor or deflect or just don't talk about it kind of kind of things mm-hmm. um in which you know, a lot of people are, and, and hate to stereotype, but typically men are in that sense of they don't want to talk about the problems. I'm guilty. I'm not perfect. I, I, there are some issues I don't like talking about so much. Um, but for the most part, I'm much more of an open book um, than, than a lot of other men, especially on sensitive topics. Um, but my cousin's anniversary of his brother dying was... Um, 20 years ago yesterday so he passed away on Father's Day 20 years ago and well maybe it wasn't exactly Father's Day but, but around, around that Father's time Day. and since that 20 years ago he's also lost his mother and he's also lost his father um, who are you know my uncle John has been was kind of like my pseudo dad um, leading up to you know uh, right after my dad passed and then you know, he was the one helping me out with, you know, getting student loans because my, my family just couldn't help me with that. And uh, it was uh, he was a really big help in, in the latter part of my life and just always there. And my cousin was kind of like a brother I never had. Mm-hmm. Um, but we never talked about it. Like we, There is still a 12-year difference between us. And not that that meant anything, but when I'm 
12 and he's 24. Right. There's not much we can talk about. Yeah. And, and he was 22. I was 10 at the time that my cousin died. Uh, his name was Jonathan. Um, and Nate, like, just... His name is Nathan. Um, and Nate uh, just never talked about it. He mentioned it every so often, but I think the anniversary really hit him. Um, and it really inspired me to want to talk about how to cope with loss or what avenues you should take to cope with loss and, and how you deal with that in, um, in life and in sports. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a really great topic um, to really encompass a lot of things because loss can mean so many things to people, right? Loss can mean the literal term, like you lost something, like I lost my phone or right. I lost a loved one or I lost a competition. Um, but it could also mean a lot of, uh, more figurative as well. And I think a lot of people don't see that necessarily because I'm, I'm a type of person that lives in the black and white. Right? I, I don't live in a gray area. So um, I'd probably more take it in a littler, literal terms than figurative. Right. But or, there's a lot of room for interpretation. Absolutely. And I think that's what I would like to talk about. Uh, we would like to talk about today. Definitely. So, do you have any experiences with loss? Oh, I have... Yeah, a few. Um, I think my first major experience, I mean, aside from like losing loved ones, which I know that everyone deals with. And, you know, I lost my grandmother when I was in high school and she and I were very, very close. That was my first like loss was Mm -hmm. losing her. But my first like super, super difficult loss was my apartment. Um, So... Jordan and I had been dating for like eight months and we decided we wanted to move in together. And so we rented a place in Lake Depew, Lancaster. Um, and it was a nice apartment. It was a good starter one. Um, you know, rent was good. Uh, landlord left us alone, which we learned later on wasn't a great thing. Um, and we were there for a year and a half, two years. Um, and I was at work one day and I was with Tom and we were training a couple people and I saw Jordan called me and I just like let it, like I sent him the voicemail cause I'm at work and he called me right back. And so I said to Tom, I'm like, I'm just going to take this. Like I, he keeps calling me and right away he's like, you have to come home. Our apartment's on fire. And my first thing was, you know, cause we had a cat, we had a frog, like I'm like, do you have the cat? And he's like, I can't even get in. So, of course, I'm working in Hamburg, and if anyone knows, like, getting to Lancaster is not an easy drive. Yeah. Um, so. And especially based on time of day. And it was around four o'clock. Oh yeah. And so here <laughs> An I am. An hour at least. Of yes, that here I am, flying down the throughway. I call my parents. I'm. I can't process what is happening. I just know I have to get home and I couldn't get to the street. I saw the clouds from the throughway exit. Like it was that bad. And it was kind of a perfect scenario in the sense that it was an old building. It was a very windy day. It was, had been very dry the past few days. So it just went, um, we had no time to get in. We had no time to get anything. Um, stuff from my grandmother who was an artist was gone. Um, all of my college memorabilia gone, high school memorabilia gone. And it was just that split, like you look at it and you just, you can't do anything. It's that helplessness of you're just watching your life leave, you know? And I had people texting me like, Hey, I saw that there's like a fire near where you live. And like, how do you even say, like, yeah, it's my house. Yeah. Um, we had a family living below us that they were there for 20 years. And that was, I think, the first, like, true, like, true, true loss. Because I think with my grandma passing away, it was obviously very difficult. And, but I had things to hold on from her. Yeah. And now with that, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um... And fortunately, you know, my parents did hold on to some things, so I do have um, quite a bit of, of stuff from her still. But um, 
it was rough. It was probably the worst day of my life. Um, and, you know, we it was just helplessness, you know? And, you know, I not to, like, make this super, super somber, but, like, you know, it did obviously get better. Um, you know, I decided to wear my engagement ring to work that day, so, you know, things like that I had. Um, I am a hoarder, so I had stuff in my car, so I still had some of my clothes. <laughs> um, but the, the support that we got from friends and family and former clients and people I didn't even, like, know was just absolutely overwhelming. And we did bounce back, but it's definitely, it was a low. It was a very, very low, low. And it's something that I'm not 100% recovered from. Um, this time of year, it's bad because it's 4th of July and I don't do well with fireworks in our neighborhood. Um, Joe and I were just talking about this yesterday. I don't want to leave my house on the 4th. I because I'm nervous that something's going to hit the house and it's going to happen again. Um, Luckily, it's COVID season, so... You've never been to the 4th in uh, suburban Cheektowaga. You're right, I haven't. (laughs) I haven't. I haven't even heard stories. (laughs) It's... People are wild. Um, So... (laughs) Buying those illegal fireworks. Oh, yeah. They'll be throughout the whole street. I mean, it is why they call it Cheek to Vegas. It becomes Cheek to Vegas. Or Cheek to Vegas or Cheek to Vegas? Cheek to Vegas. Cheek? Yeah. Like cheek like, like cheekbones. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's definitely, and like, you know, there's other things too. Like, I have been diagnosed with um, PTSD from it. I, when we first moved into the house, I would smell smoke and I would go around the whole house and there was no smoke and Jordan didn't smell any of it. Um, so there are some sensory things that pop up from this and it's getting better. Um, you know, that's right when I started really diving into training. Um, so I think that was a great distraction. Like, I had just done my first meet in April, and then the fire was in March. So, or I flipped that. I did my first meet in March, and the fire was in April. So, um, you know, really getting into that, um, giving myself an outlet, um, you know, really picking things up at work. And it's not that I was masking it. It was just I would recognize that something was bothering me, and then I would use channel that into something different but that was my first big one um what was your best non-training coping strategy non-training um because we can use that as an outlet but what what do you feel like your other coping mechanism was honestly jordan um you know it made us grow closer I think it's something that most people never experience in their life. So, you know, having someone right there with you. um, And my family was key in the healing process. Um, I don't know. It took me a very long time. It's something that didn't, it still hasn't healed 100%. And this was four years ago. Um, so I'm still trying to find the right thing, but I'm, I'm doing better with it. Um, you know, I like music is a big one. Um, just sitting, listening to something, taking your mind off whatever's going on. Um, again, makeup is, has become a major distraction, not a distraction, but a coping mechanism for me. Cause I can just think about only that it's like my you know meditative time um so i don't know it's I'm, i guess i don't have a perfect answer for that i'm still mm-hmm. figuring it out no but Which, i mean four years down the line you know it, nothing's meant to be perfect right right i mean how you cope with it is more about how you manage it because it's you know it, it's a loss that you'll never be able to forget, number one. Uh-huh. And it's a loss that uh, no one expects you to fill that void. Like, you, you can never fill that void, yeah. right? It's a part of your life um, that will always be remembered. Mm-hmm. And traumatic things, good or bad, are always things that you're going to remember. Yep. Um, 
you know, no one, I read something the other day, I think it was Saturday, or something recent, very, very recent, that was describing how these losses are never repaired. And losses never being repaired isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Like, exactly, it's yeah. not... It's not that everything always needs to be mended or perfect, mm -hmm. um, but it's reminding you that you still have a void there, and, yeah. and it's a remembrance of, okay, well, I still need to take care of myself in different aspects, um, but it, it was really, really, really insightful, and, and actually, you know, us talking about these topics definitely made me revert back to, you know, my my first schooling, you know, that I, that I went to school for, and and uh, it brought up a lot of different stuff that I think, I don't want to say I forgot, but I haven't touched in so long. Mm -hmm. You know, as you know, I mean, trainers also become like bartenders. So Yes, we hear um, everything. We, we hear everything. Uh, we get told a lot of things. And, you know, not for nothing. We probably do take on some of that extra stress. And, Absolutely. You know, um, not that bartenders are probably giving you the best stress. and. We're best advice, but, you know, we probably aren't giving you the best advice, but at least we're ears for you yeah. uh, to speak into. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, well, thanks for sharing, March. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, coping with loss. I mean, I, I've been very, very, very open uh, about my father and, and the big loss that that took on me. Um, and, and, you know, I think... Uh, a lot of it is I didn't I didn't do anything for it you know at the start um, you know just yesterday I was actually texting Nate Drolette yesterday about it and yesterday and I was at Leah's family's house yesterday and you know they were we were just talking about fathers and things like that and I don't know how it came up but I was you know describing the week that my dad had in the hospital and um, brought back a lot of memories. You know, you don't really relive those moments often until you have to, like, publicly speak about them, exactly. right? Like, they're always in the back of your head. Like, I know how my dad died. I know, I know what the process was. I know exactly who was there. I know exactly when it happened. I know exactly how I found out. I know exactly what we did, you know, when we brought him, what time it was. Everything is so vivid in my brain, right? You know? In a different sense of PTSD, you know, it's more of like these actual visuals that you get. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was kind of reliving the moment yesterday. And I didn't expect to. I didn't expect to relive anything yesterday. But I guess, you know, my, uh, yeah, the way that I described it to them was, you know, and I'll describe it here, I guess. Um, you know, my dad got, my dad was really sick. Um, he had, when he passed away, he had four different types of cancer. Um, bone, liver, lung, and it was either spleen or blood, and I can't remember. It was one of those two. And they were all stage four. Um, the whole process only took a week. So, my dad, we admitted him to the hospital, as we expected. They said, he's going to stay. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, <laughs> look at him, you know, like, he, he ain't going stay. anywhere. Yeah. Um, within about a day and a half-ish, two days, um, he became halluc hallucinogenic. Like, he, he, he was seeing things, like, telling me about the aliens that took off his robe and, and how, you know, they uplifted him from the bathroom that's in his room. And I'm like, <laughs> you're fucking crazy. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, he always used to make up these fake stories and fallacies and, and fairy tales. But I didn't really, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, I was just being fucking dad again. And then a day and a half later, he became nonverbal. And that's when things really started to settle, where he became just, he couldn't speak. He was a vegetable, pretty much. But he was moving. He was like, react to things that you would say. Um, and actually when, when, and I would ever talk to Marla when LG died, you know, it was very much the same where he would hear things and then he would like touch you or yeah. raise his hand or something. He'd respond in his own way. Exactly. And, uh, so he did that for about, 
a day, and then they were like, we're going to put him in the hospice. And then literally like within a day and a half, two days. So everything lasted a week, literally a, a, a Tuesday to a Tuesday. And my sister came by to drop me off a coffee at Best Fitness. And she was dropping off a coffee. My sister never really drops me off anything. Like, I'm usually the one that drops her off anything, if, if any of us do, right? Like, we both work really busy lives, and for some reason she was dropping me something off. She just got done seeing my dad. And the, the, fucking, the fucking hospice center calls her as she's dropping off coffee to me. And we're both in the same room when we get a call from hospice that my dad passed. And I was like, wow. Like, you know, people are just looking down on you and you're like, oh shit. Like, this is when all those stars align, like a perfect situation. Like, it couldn't have been, you know, and it was just me and her in the break room. Like, every other trainer was working. I was like in between clients. Like, it was just like a perfect scenario, as perfect as that can be. Yeah. Um, and we both drove there. And. I dealt, I didn't deal with it at all. Like, I just kept putting masks and masks and masks and masks over it. Like, it was work. It was this. And, and, you know, I let so many things in my life slip. You know, I let, um, not that training was super important, but I, I let training work. I put work ahead of that. I didn't take care of my family. I definitely didn't take care of my relationship at that time. I didn't. Uh, I didn't do anything except focus on work. Yep. And, you know, and that's why, to me, work is probably my best me- uh, coping, you know, mechanism. Yep. Um, but, you know, after a while, you can't just solely focus on something that is also stressful. Exactly. Um, so, and that lasted until I quit my job. And then that's when shit hit the fan. You know, and, and then you really realize, like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't deal with anything. And I didn't deal with any of the emotion that went in it. Like, I literally only took two days. I was back to work on a Thursday. I was literally back to work on a Thursday after that. And, like, even while my dad was in, was in the hospital and I was able to see him, I literally only... I worked until 9, went to go see him until about midnight, wake up, do the whole thing over again. And I never gave myself a chance to grieve. And, and not that grieving is necessary, but you need to give yourself time. You mm-hmm. need to give yourself time before you go back into a normal situation and a normal routine. Uh, because nothing's normal after that. Like, you have to understand that, like, that part of your life is gone. Like, it's just gone, and it will never be there again. Like, there will never be anything that can replicate that. Um, so I didn't deal with anything. And it life was fucking terrible. Life, life was, you know, and you talk about depression and anxiety and, and, you know, all of these other connotations, not the connotations, adjectives that come with, you know, depression and anxiety. And I literally didn't want to do anything. I didn't, I didn't want to do anything. I wanted, literally, I mean, not to sound morbid, but I wanted to die. Dying sounded like a way better option than dealing with anything that was going on. And, you know, that, that was the first experience. And it was supposed to be, you know, the time of my life. Like, I was getting ready to open up a gym. I was, you know, my best friend in the entire world was getting married in Vegas. We had, like, a huge five-day fun extravaganza like a a lifetime experience that i was just not this not for me like it just wasn't something i wanted to do because i didn't deal with my problems at the start And, and i guess like the main reason i talk about this is you have to deal with your problems like you just have to if you're feeling anything like if you're feeling like this uh, coping with with loss or or you know anything you know, you're coping with an issue or or something that's giving you a problem whether it's at work relationship um, sports performance like 
that's a that's a real that's a real thing. And yeah. if you don't deal with it, it always can trigger you. Yeah. And, and again, just like you you know you you just explained your story, um, I still deal with it. Like there there are certain things like I was fucking edgy yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean it was Father's Day, but I didn't expect me to be like just something negative, like you know something that I should have never pissed me off. Just like, bam, that was it. I was like a whole nother person. And I needed to calm down. So I, you know, took the right steps and what I knew would calm me down. And I spoke to the right people. And I, I really calmed myself down and I was fine for the rest of the day. Um, but, you know, how you cope with it is completely personal. Yes. There is no right or wrong answer, you know, but if your coping mechanism becomes an addiction or it becomes a, a wall or it becomes a, um, um, a crutch, I guess is the best way I can describe it. That's when you know you're not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, it's like going to catch up. Exactly. And that's, and that's what did catch up. You know, I didn't realize how reliant I was on routine. And I'm still reliant on routine. I love my routine. I love knowing exactly what's expected me day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out. I love to plan. I love to do these things. And I've had to really, you know, take a step back, um, especially, you know, Corona. And I was so surprised at how well I just handled it. You know, like to me, that was a huge pat on the back where I was like, wow, like, you know, if this was like a couple years ago, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. like, I'd be freaking out. And I guess that, you know, shows growth, right? It shows that your coping mechanisms have worked, but also you've also grown as a person. Yeah. You've grown to the person that you desire to be during a stressful situation. And again, you're not going to act perfectly, but you have to learn on what's going to help you get through the hard times. And then what's going to help you not dwell on it day in and day out? Because if you dwell on something day in and day out, that's also not going to help you. Yeah, it's definitely a balance. Absolutely. It's a fine balance. It's like, for example, we can relate this to training, right? You have a bad training session. You're going to fucking dwell on it every goddamn day? No. What is? What are you... In what world will that help you? If you think about it, if you take a step back and you look at your situation from a distance, if you have one bad training session, okay, but you've had 15 great ones leading up to it. Why dwell on that one negative? Why is that the only thing you can see? Right. Or things aren't feeling great. So all I can think about are things not feeling great. You lost feeling great, so you want so all you're dwelling on is not feeling great. Yeah, that's ups and downs of training. It's so common in training that there is no athlete in the entire world that I can't. I I don't know if you can, but I definitely know I cannot name an athlete that hasn't gone through multiple up and down spurts. There's not an athlete that. I know if we, someone tells you they have it, they're lying. They're absolutely lying. Example, Michael Jordan's probably one of the best athletes to ever walk this face of the earth. One of the greatest winners, one of the greatest athletes, I think that could probably be, um, you know, argued about. But at the same time, we've talked about The Last Dance with Kyle and Alexis. And even watching that documentary of The Last Dance, you still see Michael Jordan struggle. Uh-huh. He struggles. He's won six championships, two three-peats, but he struggled somewhere in the line there. It was not a cakewalk. No. You think about people like Eddie Hall. Battling, 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 ups and downs, ups and downs. Finally wins one. You can think about it in any sort of capacity. That is 100% normal. For people to go through ups and downs. It's how you don't dwell on those bad training sessions. You look at things and what you can control, right? What are things you can control? Your attitude and the effort that you put into it. If you put enough effort into it and you have a positive attitude, 
if things aren't still going well, then you take a step back. You can't change every variable. Nope. Every variable isn't going to make things better. And that's in life, too. Like, for example, if people say, I fucking need to move. I just need to move. I need to get out of this city. Everyone sucks. <laughs> I bet you, if you're listening, you have heard someone say that in your life at some point in time. How is that changing anything? That means you have to find a new place to live. Right. You have new budget bills to pay. You have a new job in a new city with pretty much no one around you. Mm -hmm. You have now changed at least, that's just five to six variables that I just listed, that you have changed. But that'll make everything better. Yeah, it just totally makes everything better. Yeah. (laughs) Changing one variable is maybe finding a new fucking job that makes you happier. Or, oh, I hate where I live. Okay, well then change where you live. Don't necessarily travel from city to city. Right. Unless you, I mean, if you really want to and if you think that's your best option, go ahead. Maybe maybe this is more general than that, but at the same time, if you change way too many variables, you don't actually know what the variable is that you need to change. It's trial and error with anything. But if you change too much, chances are you're not going to be happy with that either. And you're not going to be able to identify the problem. No. And that runs back to the first thing is loss, right? You're not identifying what how to cope with it correctly. Right. I just ran into... It's so funny that you talk... We're very similar in this sense, for those who do not know. Um, I am like a guy sometimes. I don't talk about my feelings. Um, And my husband is the opposite. He does talk about his feelings. Um, But I had the wall burst on me yesterday. Um, Bad. Um... So, my second loss story that I guess I'll share with you guys, and this will be my last one, is um, in February, February I think it was, um, I started having some health issues and couldn't figure out what it was. Um, Went to the doctor and she's like, we're going to do a biopsy. We're going to find out, you know, what's going on. Which, you hear that and you're like, oh shit, (laughs) you know, here we go. Um, you know, I have a family history of cancer, so I'm like, this, this is it. Um, well, come to find out, it was not cancer. Um, I was pregnant, which we had been trying now for, oh, a little over a year. Um, so this was not the way I expected to find out, but it was exciting nonetheless. Um, you know, you start to tell people and you start to, you know, get your hopes up and, and then one day you wake up and something doesn't feel right and you start to think, oh no, like you think the worst, you know, you, you web MD it, you do all those things everyone tells you not to do and you see the big M word. Um, and you know, I tried to, you know, think I'm just overthinking it, you know, it's stress, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it did not go away. And we ended up losing the baby. Um, it's right after the gym closed because of COVID. And it was just like all of these things, you know, all these things are hammering down on you. And my coping mechanism was to go numb. Um, you know, everyone is expressing like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And you're just like, it's fine. Like it, wasn't meant to be like it's all good like it is what it is um yeah I did make a post about it finally um just before my birthday in April um just because I felt comfortable at that point like writing it down and sharing my story to a degree and I thought that would help me kind of get through it um it did a little bit but I don't think it 100% was me dealing with it and this past week was Jordan's birthday and he did the same thing. You know, he wrote a post, he asked if I, if it was okay, and I said, yeah, absolutely. And it all of a sudden stirs everything back up and it wasn't good. Um, you know, for anyone who has struggled with that, um, I understand. And I just talked to Meg Scanlon about it actually the other day because she was posting about her um, scare. And 
it's okay to mourn and it's also okay to feel broken um because i think that's why i did mask it because i didn't want to feel that way um you know i especially like we talk about it. we talk about being a strength athlete like you know you're a role model and you know you're trying to set this example so you know i'm okay i can i've dealt with you know I was telling people, like, we've been through much worse, you know, relating back to the fire, and I wasn't letting myself not be okay, um, and it came to a a head yesterday, um, you know, I had, I had a breakdown, and I cried a lot, um, and I think I needed to, (coughs) I needed to get it out of my system, you know, um, I hadn't mourned, um, and it's obviously I'm, you know, I'm not saying that I'm good now. Like, that's not the case at all. Um, but I think I realized that it was okay to feel broken. Um, it was okay to feel vulnerable. Because it happened. Um, and, you know, it's something that I'll remember. Um, like you said, it's a void that you can never... Like, you know, anyone who's experienced, you know, the loss of a child, I'm sure can understand that it's something you'll never replace, but, um, you can grow from it. And, um, I think that's where I am in that process now is, you know, how am I going to grow from this and how am I going to take this time and be okay with not being okay, you know? Um, because, you know, we told you guys that last week, it's okay to not be okay. And I think, you know, a lot of times we get into that training mindset of telling everyone else and sometimes we forget it ourselves. So it'll take time. Um, but I think it was a good stepping stone, um, to finally face it. Um, and, you know, thankfully I have a friend who you know, is a counselor and I have, um, my sister-in-law who is actually a doula and, you know, talking with those people, it helps, you know, they give you breathing techniques and they give you all these things that you start to put into play. Um, and then I think just finding your, your inner circle, your support circle, um, that's with any loss, you know, and that's, you know, going back to, relating it to training, um, you know, that's why it is so rewarding to find your circle in training. Like, say you have a shitty day, like, okay, everyone else is like, you, it's all right, like, we get it, we've been there, we understand, keep moving forward. Um, don't forget about it, but don't dwell on it, um, I think is the biggest, the biggest thing I would say about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything that's going on in America right now, right? I mean, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. When you don't think about it, it's not a problem. Or when it's not brought to the forefront, it's not a problem. And then once these issues hit you, it's like, oh shit, it actually... It's a big problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Um, And and that relates to life, right? I mean, it's hard to quantify that in training, right? Out of sight, out of mind, but... You can relate it to injuries, uh-huh. right? I mean, shit, I was just, right before we started, I was explaining of that. Yeah. It's like, if you don't think about your injury until it becomes an issue, it's like, oh, yeah, it's it's not there. I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. I'll keep doing my thing. And then, uh-huh. bam, it just hits you. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's still there. I'm still human. And it's things are happening. And, and it's good to acknowledge and it's good to deal with those things. And it's good to... Again, okay to not be okay, caveat to that, you have to be able to learn how to be not okay. Yeah, it's a learning process. Like, it's not, you can just say that phrase, right? It's okay to not be okay. But how do you learn to not be okay? No one teaches you how to be like, oh yeah, I'm not okay, and the world knows it, right? It's it's like a social media post, right? Exactly. It's like, yeah, I'm not okay. All right, well... Okay, well, what are you doing to What, what are your that? next steps? Yeah. You know, it's like, 
sure, I put it out there, and you know, I. It, but at the same time, you have to educate yourself on what's going to work best for you, and right. you're going to have to educate yourself on, you know, trial and error. With training, right? If those injuries are out of sight, out of mind, or you have bad training sessions, you learn how to cope with those things, and you learn how to either make them better so they aren't a constant prevalent issue right or you change direction and you find out i need to handle this right now and i never want it to happen again yeah not that those will never happen again but in your head at that point in time they never happen again right and again then you put it out of sight out of mind but when it comes back you can't be pissed off yeah right i mean it's like if I were to get upset every single time I think about my dad, what, what good is that going to do me? Right. You can not feel okay for a little bit, but again, you have to then come back to normalcy. Because living with depression and living with anxiety, th- those things come back to normal eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sitting there every single day like one of those fucking stupid pill commercials that deal with your depression, right? And they just show this guy moping around every single day. And again, okay, please don't rip That's me a new a one. Okay, I'm not ripping on medication for depression. However, I think there is some people who need medication for depression. Also, in addition to that, it's just not medication. You need also something in addition to that because medication is not just the only answer. Right. For some people, it is in addition to the answer, but I would say for most, it probably isn't, unless you have full-blown anxiety attacks, which you should be seeking medical help, professional medical help, and in addition to other coping strategies and professional help. Anyways, I forgot what I was going on a tangent about, but I wanted to make sure that no one ripped me a new one for saying, oh, you're making fun of these stupid commercials. Oh, that's what it was. Making fun of these stupid commercials... (laughs) Because they make this person just seem like they're gray. Like they're they're just meh, meh, meh. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, not everyone that deals with anxiety and depression is a mopey person. That's so true. Like, you are probably more likely to see someone not mopey that deals with depression on a daily basis. So it, it shows its face in so many different ways. Exactly. And, and I think, again, coming back to the negative connotation it has in, in, in strength sports, let alone in life, you know, like <clears throat> my mother doesn't understand depression and anxiety. And she, she always does. I know she tries and I know she just loves me. So I know that that comes out of love. But, you know, anything stressful that happens, she's like, is your depression going to be okay? And I'm like, and I tried to explain to her, I'm like, Mom, it's not just something that instantly something stressful happens. It's not in my a bad life. knee. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not like, yeah, I can't squat because I got a bad knee, right? No, it's like, no, I can still do these squats. I just have to do it a certain way. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm not just not going to go into stressful situations just because, oh, shit, I got anxiety and depression. Right. But you know, like, what is good for you and what isn't good for you. Sure. Right? It's like, it's like being gluten free. You know gluten's not good for you, so are you going to eat fucking gluten? Probably not. Like, it's like, all right, I don't necessarily want to put myself in a bad situation, so I'm not going to put myself in a bad situation. Right. right. Is that being, you know, avoiding the issue? No, but you just know more about yourself. You're not going away from every single situation that's going to stress you out. Yeah. And, and I know she does not love so I'm not, I'm not ripping on your mom. Like, I know you're doing it out of love. However, not everything flares up something. Like, right. you're not just going to have an episode right away. Right. To each their own. But I, I think coping with loss is something that everyone deals with. But I don't think they, un, you know, and again, I, I don't think, I don't think people like labels. Right? I don't think people like having a label. Oh, I'm depressed. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a label. No. It's just something that happens, right? Yeah. Like, you become anxious over something that 
is happening, right? Like, do you think starting a new job is always a bad thing? No, but so, so many people have anxiety about starting a new job. Like, just, do people think that they're depressed because of it? No. But it's just a matter of putting a label and a negative connotation to things that I think gives, um, you know, more people to openly talk about how to cope with those things. Yeah. Yeah. That was heavy. That was heavy. Sorry. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was good, though. I think. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a lot more there. Uh, yes. But I think, I think that's probably a great place to, uh, to end it. Absolutely. So, you know, takeaway from this is um, find your strategies, um, identify your strategies, and then, you know, use them because um, it's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to suffer a loss. Um, it's going to happen. Um, so, you know, be human. Yeah. And if your coping strategies don't work, please seek help. Yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you're constantly not feeling well, please seek help. Yes. That's, that's, uh, goes with, it should go without saying, but unfortunately, um, counselors and psychologists and, um, social workers are very vastly underpaid yeah. and uh, um, overwhelmed because they get too much of a workload for very little pay and it's usually people it's like physical therapy people go when it's an abrupt issue they yes. don't go for maintenance yeah. typically <coughs> and there's a lot of abrupt issues that brought are brought on right in front of you yep. so please seek help if those coping strategies aren't working for you. Yeah, we're not the pros in that regard, so no. use the pros. No, we are not. We are not the uh, coping Bible coping mechanism here. No, absolutely not. But we're here to listen if anyone ever needs that. Facts. So, until next time, um, thanks for tuning in, and enjoy your week. Yes. Bye. <laughs>